What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener, March 4th, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is in the podcast description as well as the link tree for all of my stuff. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I greatly appreciate you guys checking out another edition of the podcast. This week uh, is uh, really a blessing in a lot of ways, man. Um, and even today, like today itself is a blessing in a lot of ways. I'm recording this podcast just in a, a completely different headspace than where I was a year ago when I was doing these shows. Um, those of you who have been on this journey with me with this podcast know that I went through a really difficult breakup um, last year. And uh, today is actually the day that it was officially over. By the way, if you can hear my air conditioning pumping in the background, that's because it's it's getting hot here in Nashville. <laughs> and uh, I don't have a professional recording room, uh, but I but I think I do. I I think the podcast sounds pretty good. But anyway, uh, if you hear the air conditioning, that's why I don't want to turn it off because then I'll be sweating doing this. But it was a year ago today that that the breakup was official, and then in addition to to going through all that last year, there was just um, and I've mentioned it several times in, in various episodes, but there's a lot of people that died in, in my periphery. I, I lost a coworker to cancer. Uh, I lost a, a podcast guest, a guest of this episode, died of cancer, which I, I knew that he. Uh, he was, was going to be at some point, you know, that, that was something that was going to happen, but unfortunately it happened before our episode got to come out. And in, in a way, the podcast that we did was, was a nice tribute to him. And I had a couple of members of his family reach out, um, and, and they had some kind words. So, but, but that was tough. Cause I was really hoping that Keith, uh, was going to get a chance to hear that episode before he passed. Um, my grandma Bauman died you know, um, my one of my dear friends and and uh, former bosses uh, lost his daughter, um, and several others. One of my best friends lost his father. It was just, um, it was a crazy year, man. It was a crazy year to say the least. But this podcast has really been a place for me to be able to to come on uh, multiple times a month on Tuesdays and. Uh, and give you guys content that I hope inspires you. It certainly inspires me, and it's really just been sort of a sanctuary of sorts for me to just turn to creatively. And uh, without this podcast, I really don't know what kind of headspace I'd be in right now. Um, and I've I've also I'm not afraid to say it. I I've, therapy has really helped me a lot. Exercise. I still need to do a better job of getting better sleep. <laughs> Music has always been very therapeutic for me um, as, as a listener of it. I just went to an awesome concert a little over a week ago with Gojira and Deftones, two of my favorite bands, and to get, a, get to see them uh, on one show is amazing. So I say all that to say that today is an interesting day because this weekend, um, and I'll put up the link in the podcast description so you guys can check it out, but I was featured in 
Nashville Voyager, which uh, was really cool. They they feature you know local artists, uh, local entrepreneurs. They have an inspiring inspiring stories section rather, and a portraits of Nashville section, which is what I was featured in. And it's really cool because their whole thing is they want to feature people who you know, are, are on the come up, you know, people who are maybe not as known right now, but who are, who are doing good things in their community or doing things creatively. And, uh, so it was really cool. They reached out to me at the end of March. I was actually on vacation at the time. And, uh, you know, sometimes people reach out to you and you don't know how legit it is. You know, you don't know the validity of it. And I'm somebody who's kind of skeptical and hesitant by nature, (laughs) I guess, you know, you never know what somebody's angle is, or if they want something from you. And uh, a a person by the name of Stephanie reached out from Nashville Voyager, and she was super cool. And um, it was a Q and A, and they send you questions to answer and uh, just get to know more about your story more about your life. And it was just it's just really cool. There's also like a, a I think a Los Angeles Voyager, they're in different parts of the country and, and they, they feature people in those communities. So it was a really awesome opportunity. I've kind of teased it a little bit on the last couple of episodes and um, to, to be on the other side of the coin for the first time in my life, nobody's ever interviewed me in all my years of doing podcasts and all of the music feature writing that, I, that I've done over the years back in the day. Um, and even broadcasting, covering local games, this is the first time I've been on the flip side of the coin where somebody has reached out to me to ask me about my story and how I got to where I am today and learning more about my podcast. So I just feel very, very fortunate and, and very humble, humbled uh, and very honored to, to have my life story kind of, you know, and so in in a certain amount of words, which I did send them revised answers because I'm very hard on myself and I didn't want to come off as pretentious or, you know, self-important or cheesy. And it was probably me being too hard on myself, but shout out to Stephanie for, um, for, uh, getting my emails back and, 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 um, putting my, my revised responses in, but, uh, but yeah, that's just kind of a stream of consciousness to start this thing, man. I'm kind of um, at a bit of a loss for words, even though I've been talking for almost seven minutes. But but just finding the right words to say, like I'm just I'm just incredibly grateful, you know. And like I said, when I think about where I was literally one year ago today, um, and I and I, for those of you who don't know, I I re-record these intros all the time because I'm really hard on myself and I want it to be like perfect. And uh, I'm not going to re-record this one because this is all just straight up coming from the heart. Like, it's just God, the universe, however you want to say it, man. Like, um, I just feel so grateful and so fortunate because when I think about where I was a year ago today, just sitting in a deep sadness in my apartment that what I thought was love of my life just, just walked out of my life. And to a year later wake up to a feature in the Nashville Voyager about this podcast, about what I'm trying to do in terms of inspiring people to chase their dreams in their own lives and feature artists on this show who who are chasing their dreams in the hopes that it just has that positive ripple effect. Like I I can't really put into words. Um, This was something that I couldn't even have 
imagined beyond the horizon um, a year ago when I was in my apartment alone wondering what just happened with my relationship and how everything just fell apart so abruptly like it it and 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 then in the months after like I said the 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 death of my grandma and um my best friend losing his father losing a coworker the death of somebody that I had on this podcast and then before all that happened the other deaths that that were occurring in my life between 2020 and now like I just couldn't have imagined that I'd be in such a different headspace a year later and uh so I don't want to get emotional. I don't want to rant too much longer because ultimately this show is about this week's guest. But I just I wanted to tell you guys about that at the top because um, it's uh, it's exciting. I just feel like I said very grateful that um, I've been able to make enough noise. I guess that in a city like Nashville, where there's tons of creatives and dare I say the best music scene in the country, um, that I've been able to carve out a niche. Um, or that somebody recommended me and they thought enough of me and what I'm trying to do that they wanted to give me a chance to get a little shine. So, uh, that'll be in the podcast description and it's actually a great segue in terms of getting shine and shining a light on another independent artist, albeit in the music realm, not in the podcast realm, who's doing his thing for this week's guest. And he is none other than Keith Allen. Keith is a great dude, man. We had an awesome conversation. For those of you who aren't familiar, I'm going to give you the rundown real quick on him because I don't want to, again, rant too much in the beginning here already more than I already have. But uh, but Keith is part of the Realverse Productions family. Uh, for those of you who may know, Dylan Baumgartner has been on this show. He is the 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 brains and the creative force behind Realverse Productions and Keith and Dylan are buddies. Keith was actually in Dylan's short film Me and You. He played a character called Sauce. It was amazing. I will have the links for that in the podcast description as well. But Keith is a musician himself, like Dylan, and he just came out with his debut EP called Floral Words on April twenty second. And it's just, it's a great listen from front to back. It's got a really cool nature vibe to it, a really cool laid back vibe to it. There's a great flow to the record. There's a couple of instrumentals in there where Keith is showing off his guitar ability. And it's, and again, it's not like when I say showing off his guitar ability, it's not like, you know, finger tapping or like soloing all over the fretboard and stuff, but it's just, there's a great feel to Keith's playing. There's a lot of soul in his voice. There's a lot of soul in his guitar playing. And that was like one of the big words when I was listening to his music that just stuck out to me. It was just like soul. He's got a lot of soulful elements to what he's doing, a singer-songwriter vibe, and just a self-awareness of what he's trying to put out there. And as you guys will hear in this podcast, we, we get into his journey with music, you know, which started when he was young building up to this point in recording his debut EP with Dylan, you know, and it's just, we, we talk about their relationship and, you know, um, just their friendship and putting this, this together, uh, especially with the difficulties of everything going on with the pandemic. And it was just awesome to sit down with Keith and, and get an opportunity to hear more about his story. You know, obviously I'm doing these things over zoom, but, uh, that's the beauty of, of modern technology is, I get a chance to connect with so many awesome 
you know, independent creatives like myself who are doing wonderful things and putting out great content. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Keith Allen. Here it is. Keith, thanks again, man, for joining me for the podcast, dude. I really appreciate it. Uh, like we were talking before I hit record, Dylan sent me your EP, which is coming out tomorrow. But by the time people hear this episode, it's already going to be out and they'll have had a chance to have a, a couple of weeks to listen to it, man. So uh, thanks for joining me, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for having me on too. It's a really cool experience. Uh, I mean, I listened to, I listened to a couple of your podcasts actually, and I enjoyed I enjoyed one of them, you know, quite thoroughly. And the other one, you know, I kind of dipped in and out of it to be real, but uh, you're a great, uh, you're a great interviewer and it was, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's cool. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you checking out the show. Um, But yeah, usually where I like to start with this man, uh, so that the EP is called floral words um, for people to check out and uh, it's got seven tracks. There's a couple of instrumentals in there. Um, but really, I kind of want to go back with you. You know, you guys are out there and uh, in California, yeah. you know, you're playing the guitar, you're singing, you're playing the ukulele yeah. um, on the uh, on the EP. So when did the music bug bite you, man? Oh, man, I think it I think it originally bit me around eight to ten years old. Um, that's when that's when I started kind of listening to music more. And, and thankfully, I was around uh, my dad a lot who who played some good music now looking back and I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, so, uh, and I was thankful to, to be, to be put in a position to where if I show interest in something, I might be able to receive it one day, you know, and, and I showed a little interest in the guitar and for Christmas that year I got it. And I think I was about nine years old. And from then on it, it kind of just bit me and I ran with it. So I think that was like the first time that I really dove into music. And of course, as a kid, I, I kind of, drifted away for it for a a few months or maybe a year but as I got into you know middle school and high school is is I was real serious about it and uh, I saw the benefits of the music helping me through some life stuff so I was like man this is this is pretty cool I think I'm gonna continue doing this so for sure man so how old are you now Keith I'm 26 years old so yeah so that means you've been doing this what a little over what 15 years that's crazy yeah yeah yeah, I don't really spend too much time thinking back, but yeah, yeah, fifteen years. So when you say your dad was playing good music, was he was he jamming or just in terms of like what he had playing in the house or the car, like listening to music? Yeah, it was all about you know music in the house, music in the car. Um, he never really picked up an instrument and played it, um, but uh, yeah, his taste in music kind of, I guess you can if you might hear it or might not in my music, but his his taste definitely morphed how how i structure my music now yeah yeah so what were some of those influences man because on the ep like there's moments where you know like in the beginning it kind of has that cool like nature in intro you have the the stream going and the birds and stuff and then it kind of fades in with the guitar um pebbles to me kind of had sort of almost like a a jazzy like tropical guitar vibe and then um you guys go into yard man where you bust out the ukulele yeah. um the mitch kind of had the the reggae vibes and i think you were playing the ukulele on that one too as well right yeah so, for a little bit yes sir 
So, and, and then there's, um, when you get into like mere troubles and high hopes and maybe it gets a little bit more kind of like somber and reflective, you know, kind of vibe towards the end of it. So, uh, what, yeah. what were some of those influences? Cause I definitely picked up on some, some reggae, you know, and, uh, some tropical vibes, but also just, there were, there was kind of like a heady sort of like indie rock thing going on there too. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So I think, I mean, my, my dad was a, was a sixties kid, you know, so he, he had the stereotypical, you know, you know, classic rock type of vibe to him, but he also brought that, that, you know, that music at the, at the time that, you know, his parents didn't like, he was, he was in love with like sublime and, you know, NWA. So it was just like from everything from, from Metallica to, to Willie Nelson, to everything in between, you know, so um yeah he's a he's a very very open-minded character and uh and the fact that he was never afraid to display his music was was really cool to me and I soaked it up and I took it and ran with it so yeah I think the ones that I the ones that I gravitated towards mostly would would have probably been sublime um that's where you can hear kind of like that that reggae tone a little bit yeah um he played a lot of Bob Marley. He played a lot of, you know, Peter Tosh, things like that. And I, that's where I heard it from. So uh, it was just one of those things that, that I gravitated towards. And I've always gravitated towards more the, the, the rhythm aspect of music and, you know, let the technical people handle the, the leads and the solos and things like that. That's like rhythm to me is, is just where my life's at. So. What was the first song you learned, man? Do you remember? Or like the first song you wanted to learn on guitar? Yeah. Uh, first song I wanted to learn on guitar. I think it was, uh, it had to have been some Metallica song. Because I, I think at the time, my dad said, if I give you this guitar, he's like, I want you to learn one song, you know? And he said, I can't remember. I think I want it to be uh, Nothing Else Matters, maybe. I I think it's nothing else matters by Metallica, but I can't remember now. It's it's been a while. So, so when you got that guitar, was it electric guitar? Or was it a acoustic? The no, it was acoustic guitar. guitar. Yeah, okay. Acoustic. I still have it. Yeah, I still have it. Oh, that's cool, man. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I know when I when I got rid of my first guitar, it was actually when I moved to Nashville, and it was just uh, it was a Schecter, which I still have a Schecter now, but um, it was a very metal looking guitar. And uh, it had nice EMG pickups in it and everything, and it sounded yeah. really good. But um, I just wanted to upgrade to something that wasn't as severe looking. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. It's a yeah. It comes with a comes with the character for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I I got a different Schecter that's a little bit more uh, subdued as far as the looks, but it's still mm-hmm. got like their C1 body, and I I love how it plays. And I'm I'm just a bedroom noodler. I'm sure people who listen to the show are tired of me. Uh, talking about what a terrible player I am because I just I just screw around in the bedroom. I don't really practice, but um, yeah. but yeah, as part of me still wishes I still had that guitar. So that's cool that you still have that first one, man. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is like I've I've come and spent a lot of money on new guitars and have ended up selling them just to get rid of them. But for some reason, the cheapest guitar I have, I'm just gonna keep it because at this point, there's no really reason in selling it because I'm only gonna get fifty bucks for it. But now it's this is more sentimental than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of it too, like the sound, um, like even whether, whether it's like really technical players or more rhythm based players, like 
I think a lot of it just is in the person playing it, you know, in terms of the feel, like you can, you can have the best guitar and the best equipment. Um, but it, it obviously depends on how much you practice. And it's just, I think the way something sounds has as much to do with the guy or, or gal who's playing it, the person who's playing it as it does, you know, the actual equipment you're using. Cause I, even uh, James Hetfield from Metallica, I think he still has like a white flying V that's like a Gibson, like knockoff, you know, and he's had that since like kill them all. And I think that he'll bust it out on tour still, but it was, it wasn't, you know, back in the day when they were starting, he couldn't afford like the, you know, the actual Gibson or whatever, but it right. still sounded great. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's a lot of, it's just the player. I feel like. Yeah, it's, it definitely is. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm just grateful enough to, to walk down Christmas day and see a guitar and, and be able to play it whenever I wanted. Cause it was in my room. So, <laughs> so junior high and high school, you said that's when you really started practicing a lot more and yeah. taking it, taking it more seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when I started to slowly realize, like I, I could see myself being pretty good one day, you know? And if I get that little bit of bait with anything, I just I'm become obsessed with it. You know, there's a couple of things that I'm obsessed with and music's one of them. And that's just, I think that's just the reason because it's a, it's a forever chase to become better. And then it's like, I'm perfectly fine with never mastering the guitar, you know? Yeah. Um, I've already accepted the fact I'm trying to just get better till the day I die. And, and I realized that pretty early. And, uh, and then once I, once I started seeing the frustrations of it, you know, when you're a kid trying to learn guitar and I never had lessons or anything like that. So it was just something that like, you know, one of my teachers ended up learning, teaching me how to uh, tune my guitar and things like that. So I just like lucky people, you know, right time type of mentality. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just real, real grateful for everything that lined up for me to, to not give up on even when it became, you know, a little tough to learn how to play guitar, your fingers start to hurt, you know, you get frustrated. It sounds like absolute crap. And uh, you're like, this isn't a waste of money. You know, this is like a waste of my time. This is frustrating. I got to go to school tomorrow, you know, and this is just upsetting me. And then, you know, one day it's just one chord that you've never played before. sounds amazing. And you go, okay, I'm in it. You know, so it's just one of those things that teaches you to, you know, give some things some time because it's not like a flip of a switch and it's going to sound like, you know, Kurt Cobain, you know, or some some beautiful orchestra or something, you know. Yeah, I always wonder with players like, you know, when you look at a guy like a like a John Mayer, like like at what point did he did he like did he ever suck you know what i mean like you, you right. look at him and go when he started like did he I, i'm sure he probably had those walls when he was a kid too where it was right. like oh this is hard you know what i mean and yeah absolutely yeah and and it's as hard as it may be to imagine john mayer sucking at the guitar it's like <laughs> yeah. i know it had to have happened because he's a human being you know it's like it had to but uh yeah it's, that's a good point you know and i do think about that quite often as well yeah, man. Cause it's like, um, I remember it was probably, gosh, it's 2022 now. So this is probably 2013 or 14. I got a chance with one of my best friends, Nate, um, his girlfriend at the time got us tickets to see BB King. And, uh, we saw him at the, the Stranahan where I'm from in Toledo, which is like this cool theater. And we were literally like front row, like, and, and I'm, I'm, 
I'm tall-ish, I guess you could say. Like, I'm not sure. tall. I'm not like six six. I'm like six foot, six one on my license and boots. But like, I it was so close to the stage. We were in the front row. Like, if I stretched my legs out, I could touch the stage. So BB King was like maybe, I don't know, maybe like thirty feet away. And and dude, watching him play guitar was like watching a human be born to do what they were supposed to do. I just remember the way he, the way he held the neck, and and um, and I don't know if it's like uh a blues thing. Cause like John Mayer does it. Like I've seen a lot of guys Stevie Ray Vaughan did it. Yeah. And like that. Yeah. Thing. Like yeah. he's making the, the hand motion, but also like barring the thumb over the top and dude, his, his hands were like huge, like, like just the way he, and uh, the guitars that he played, I mean, it didn't have like a thin neck. It wasn't like a shreddy mm-hmm. guitar, you know what I'm saying? But just the, the effortlessness that he played that thing and the way he sang and just the soul that came out. And he was, I mean, he, he passed away. I don't know how many years it, it's been now, but it was a few years after that, that he passed, mm-hmm. but I'm like, man, this dude's still out here doing it. He was probably like 80 at the time, but watching yeah. him play guitar was like watching somebody being like, like, that's what that dude was born to do. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it, it is though. It's like a crazy thought to think like, now nah, I was just thinking like, I wonder if anybody else has said that on a podcast before, but I, but that's, but I just think like, was there a point where BB King was like, stinking it up when he was a kid or John right. Mayer was like figuring yeah. out how to play. I, I don't even know what some, you know, Prince or something back in the eighties, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it, it does, it takes time. And um, I remember when I first got my guitar, I wanted to like take it back because I stunk on ice, man. And I remember it was my buddy, Andy Langston, that really helped me, you know, get my confidence up. And um, cause I, I, I took lessons for a little bit Um but I think it's when you try to, you know, and this is where I want to get your perspective as somebody who's actually a musician. Like, I think when you actually try to learn a song or like you said, you get that first chord that that's for me, that's what really helped me get my confidence. Cause when I was just looking at notes on a page and I can't read music, but just like looking at tabs, you know, it's like, you know, do, 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 do. It just, it wasn't clicking, you know? And then once you actually learn part of a song, even if you play it terribly, you're like, Oh, this is so awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's for me. It was definitely one of those things where it's like I think it just funnels down to everything that I'm that I'm kind of obsessed with, which is just. I mean, I enjoy small. You know, I enjoy things. I'm a regular person and all that. But like, there's a couple of things that I just obsess over, which is uh, like pool, golf, uh, uh, music, you know, uh, cars, things like that. And and it's just because I feel like they can just endlessly become more knowledgeable you know you can endlessly learn something about something and uh yeah for me it was definitely those those once in a blue moon chords that would come in and you go oh my gosh this is amazing and then you and then you know a couple of weeks later you find the second or third chord and you're like you put a whole song together and you're like man this is amazing i just created this yeah maybe it took a month you know but at the point of the beginning of the month you didn't have a song you didn't have a even a first chord so the to keep that in mind as you practice i feel like i just practiced anything you know you you achieve the small things and and you just you just keep accumulating those battles and and work your way forward because it's definitely not a it's definitely not a a war I'm, any war i'm looking to to start it's just small battles here and there you know get better get better get better and uh yeah i'm 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 thankful that 
that I realized that and the people that were behind me too, the people that were behind me, like my dad, my, my grandparents, my sister, they're like, yeah, you're not good right now, but I can, I can hear what you're trying to do. And that's really good. You know? And I'm like, okay, this is, this is not a waste of time. <laughs> you know, yeah. so definitely the people around you are a, are a huge, huge influence on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think having a, a support system for anything in life is huge, especially, but especially when it's something that you love to do, you know, um, like I've fought that battle with myself a lot in terms of practicality in life. And, you know, we all got to eat, we all got to work, we all got to pay mm-hmm. bills, but like, even like this podcast for me is my creative outlet. Like, even though I'm not a musician, like I was always drawn to it ever since I was a kid, you know, like you said, yeah. you like golf and pool and cars and stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, same, same kind of thing for me in terms of creative things, like drawing was my first love. Um, and music I, I've loved since I was a kid, like free falling from Tom Petty is still one of my favorite Classic. songs ever. Cause I, I have memories of listening to that with my dad when I was a kid. And so, yeah, those things stick with you, but having that support system to back you up in those moments where you're trying to, you know, climb another mountain, you know, and learn something else and, and improve is, is cool, you know, and, and having a home that's like open to music, you know, cause sure. you know, it sounds like, like you said, like your, your dad didn't play, but he loved music, you know? So yeah. for you to pick up the guitar was probably cool. Cause you took it to another level that maybe he, he didn't take it to, or didn't have the opportunity or just the things that he was doing in his life. Maybe he didn't yeah. have the desire to do an instrument, but right. he loved music. You know what I mean? So I'm sure seeing you pick up the guitar was probably like, Oh, cool. I'm glad that my son is like, you know, trying to learn this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool gift to be able to go to him and be like, Hey, listen to this real quick for two minutes and then get a quick smile off of him because he knows the song and i go you know ha, this is this is what i can do now you know at any time type of stuff so yeah it's a really cool uh really cool skill to bring out and, and present him with something that can either bring back you know all types of emotions and and memories or anything like that and to be able to share that with <clears throat> you know your family and and your close friends and and not be uh you know, not be judged for it or, or down, talk down upon, you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, I've always told everybody around me, it's like, I've, I don't need yes men, you know, I don't need yes people. If it sucks, tell me it sucks. Cause I want to, I want at least something to sound good, you know, and it just happens to be that I'm lucky that the things that sound good to me sound good to other people. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting lucky over here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same way with the podcast, man. Like I always tell my friends and like family stuff, like, give me honest advice. You know, Mm my, my one buddy, (laughs) my one buddy was like, he's like, dude, I I love the the podcast you did with, with Chad, who's a mutual friend of ours, but he's like, you say man a lot. And I'm like, I know, man, I say it all the time. (laughs) Like I just said it out. I say, man, I say, that's awesome. I'm from the Midwest. And I feel like we say, you know, all the time. That's like my root that I go back to, as you know, so I try yeah. to clean it up, but I'm also not trying to be like Johnny radio. You know what I mean? Like nothing right. this jockeys, but there's a certain cadence, whether it's the news, the radio, you know absolutely. what I mean? And yeah, this absolutely. Is, this is more laid back. So, yeah. um, so you mentioned siblings. Did any of your siblings get into music too, or, or was this just nope. kind of your pursuit? Yeah. For some reason I was just wired to, to pick up the instruments, you know, my, all my other siblings don't really play any instruments or own any instruments. They just, they've, got their music just like everybody else has got their music that they listen to and for some reason since i was a kid i'm just like you know you know you can create this stuff and they and they're just like ah it's already created <laughs> <laughs> you know so <clears throat> yeah i'm just wired for it i guess 
So, I mean, obviously doing music, you're creative, but it sounds like, um, it sounds like you have that logical sense to your brain though, too, where you like to figure things out. Is that accurate? Like I would have think oh, with, with cars too, you know, you mentioned cars and that was the first thing I thought of was like, Oh, th- he likes to put stuff together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I like to, I like to use what I was given, you know, I was given a brain, I was using a body and I was given a body and I like to, you know, at least put them to work, you know, let them, let them think a little bit and, you know, get stronger here and there a little bit. And, um, and I think that's just, you know, I wasn't always like that, but I feel like as I'm getting older, I've just kind of funneled into this approach to things. And, you know, you find the things that you really are passionate about and then, and then you can, you'll stay up all night, every night, you know, thinking about it, planning to get better, you know, you know, observing the people that are better than you at it, you know, so learning from them and just, just constantly, you know, trying to improve and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that really was, was rooted from, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's just my rational way of thinking and going about day-to-day life. Like I'm a, I'm a full-time mechanic and, and I absolutely love it, you know, cause I get to help people get from point A to point B when they need to be. And, um, and just things like that. And music helps me. And that's just one of those great areas that, you know, when you decide to release music, like I'm doing, it's totally up for interpretation. You can take it and like it. You can take it and love it. You can take it and hate it. Um, you can, take it and pick a couple songs that you like and things like that. But I think that's, what's cool about music is that I know that it helps me. Um, and I know that it, it's, it helped the people that you really care about too. So um, to, to give that out to whoever wants to listen to it, it's kind of just a cool feeling, you know, um, I've never, I've necessarily never chased money. You know, I've never been in like a, I've never been in that type of mindset to get a job, because I need the most money or, or do something that's going to make me the most money. It's like, I, that's a waste of time to me. I'm going <laughs> to do what I want to do that I like doing. And if it's able to make me money, then yeah, of course I'm going to choose that one. You know, there's plenty of other things that I love to do that aren't going to make me money. So I'm not going to do those. I'll do those on my spare time. But the things that I love to do that make me money, like fix cars, play music, shows, gigs, things like that. Of course, well, I'm never going to stop doing those things. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no i think that's a cool approach to have you know and it, it's um it's funny you say that because i was just uh messaging one of my one of my buddies uh the other night we were talking about life and you know looking at like certain salaries and what you know people make and stuff and what people shoot for and you know what people's definitions of happiness are and like i i'm i relate to you in that and that you know for me it's not um it's not about the chase for, for the dollar. And I, Mm -hmm. I, not to get like too philosophical, but I, I do think in the United States somewhere along the line, I think the pursuit of happiness, like people made it synonymous with like the pursuit of money, you know, like the person with the most wins at the end of the day. And, and I don't know, to me, I look at some of those things as golden handcuffs, you know Um, I think if you can make a lot of money doing what you love to do, that's like the ultimate, right? But at the right. end of the day, I think if you're just chasing money, period, or material things, period, there's there's always going to be a void you're trying to fill. I for, I yeah. just think in some ways it's human nature. We kind of, you know, we're animals at the end of the day, man, and we want more. Yeah. And I think sometimes people, it's like, oh, I got this, and now I got to get this, or right, you know, and and so I relate to that where it's like, 
I work to survive. Um, my day job is in healthcare and I take a lot of pride in my work and I like the people that I work with, but outside of that, I love music and I love connecting with people like this and learning people's stories. And, you know, so for me, it's, it's, you got to feed those things. And, um, you know, you see people along the way that, uh, and again, it's not for me or anybody to tell anyone how to live their life, but, um, that's never been my MO either to like chase money. And there's stuff that I like, like I, I have, we all have stuff we don't need. Like I've got like 20 pairs of shoes. Nobody needs 20 pairs of shoes, man, but I love basketball. I grew up watching Michael Jordan. Um, I don't know if you can see the picture over my shoulder. Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I love hoops to this day. I don't play Mm -hmm. anymore, but um, so I used to draw sneakers and stuff as a kid. Like at one point I thought about becoming a footwear designer. And then I realized there was like an engineering element to it. And I'm like, I am not good enough at math and chemicals to do that. (laughs) Right. Right. But anyway, so just in my rant, I I relate to what you're saying as far as like, Mm -hmm. you know, doing the things that you love. Um, We all got to eat, but um, I relate to like not chasing material possessions. Cause I, yeah. you know, at least in my experience, I think when you go down that path, it's never enough, you know? Right. Right. And, and the, the, the very few times that I have made the decision to, to, you know, go after the, the dollar or whatever that, that blue or red pill type of mentality is, you know, it's when I do catch myself going that way, then, then it's, then I see it not happening very long. <laughs> you know, that's like the, that's like the pattern that it shows. It's if I chase something that I know I'm not supposed to be chasing in, in a short amount of time, it's going to show itself that, that it's, you should probably should have gone the other way, you know, and uh seen it a couple of times and that's all it really takes for me. <laughs> it's just like, okay, cool. Don't do that. And then move on to the next thing, you know? Yeah. So with, with the music part of that and, and that being a pursuit, um, I noticed too, you got, you got like a, a soulful voice, man. Like when you sing, it's got kind of a, yeah, I don't even know how other way to say it in that, like the, the tunes on there, um, outside of the instrumentals when you're singing, like it's like, there's an authentic, there's like an authentic soulful vibe to what you do. So, um, you know, you mentioned like sublime and like Bob Marley and stuff, but where's that soul come from, man? Like, did you ever get into any, any like soulful singers or anything like at what point along the journey with the guitar were were you discovering your voice as a singer too yeah i mean i i think uh i think uh i think it was around the time i was in eighth grade maybe um i was introduced to a to an artist named cass haley um and he's an artist out of texas and his his approach to music is pretty similar it's a it's a reggae but unbelievably soul and groovy type of mixture. And you never really know what you're going to get. And it's, uh, but whatever it is, it just seems to always slap every time. You're just like, man, this guy is good, man. And uh, he's, he's definitely like one of my top three favorite artists of all time that have just resonated with me the most. And so, uh, yeah, his, his melodies and the way that he goes about, you know, singing and, and uh, just, just overall, releasing how he's feeling on on over music it was just something to be captivated by and uh it caught me and that was i he just comes to mind first person right when you ask like who was the person i go i don't know cass haley just for some reason he's just one of those mans that like hey he gets you in the soul every time i gotta check out cass haley now i'm not familiar man i'm gonna have to check that out yeah cass c-a-s and then haley yeah he's a he's a really cool artist man 
So what what's do you remember the first song vocally you were trying to do, or was it just melodies that you would hear in your head trying to? Because I because I remember when I when I first started playing the guitar, like that that would get me excited if I could like if I heard something in my head and then I could figure it out on the neck. You know what I mean? Like oh, for sure. Yeah. What were some of those aha moments for you? Like either singing or playing the guitar. Like was there a song that you were like, I got to sing this, or was it just discovering your own voice and learning melodies on your own? Yeah, I would I would definitely say it was more just of a natural um slow release of of getting it out because I don't think I started singing until at least high school and uh and that was just from in the friend's garage letting all of them sing cuz I was just like a guitar player I can hop on the keys and throw a little something down I can hop on the drum and keep a groove but singing wasn't really my thing at the time and uh but when I was around the people that I was around and, and I understood like how it, how the process of hearing a melody in your head and getting it verbally out for everybody else to hear, I saw that happening quite often. You know, these people would just create a melody and belch it out and everyone's like, yeah, let's keep doing that. <laughs> and it's like, it's like such a cool thing to see. And I soaked it up for like a, you know, a few years in the garage playing, just playing music and, uh, yeah and it was just one of those things i was just like i think this sounds good and then a stereotypical like hey i'm umbrella under your breath a little bit and then someone's like what is that you know you say it and they're like that's really good so it was just one of those things that like it was just i think a a teenage boy prideful thing of just you know shut up and sing dude you know just like get it out and this is uh this is the this is the day we live in now so um yeah, I think that was one of the one of the most one of the most beneficial times of my life is when I started to sing because whether I was good or not at the time I loved it. You know, it made me feel good, it made me sleep good at night, and I was like, made me look forward to a, the next day because I get to, you know, go do whatever I'm doing during the day and come home and play more music and hoot and holler my heart out and go back to bed. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, I wish I wish more people had like those creative releases, man. Like, you know, you ever meet somebody that's really like tense and you're like, I wonder what their outlet is. Like, is it yeah. boxing? Is it exercise? Is it swimming? Is it music? Do they care about music at all? Like, you know, because I'm an anxious person, but I'm, mm. I I like I don't know, maybe anxious and tense are kind of like one and the same. But I vote I'm not like an angry person. And sometimes when I meet people who have that intensity to them, I'm like what's their creative release, man? You know what I mean? Cause music has always been that for me, you know, an exercise, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that like, I, I just always hope for the best for people. And always these strangers that I walk by, I'm like, I just hope the best for them. And you never know, but if you see somebody that's a little bit down and you just like get a tense vibe off them for two seconds, I'm just like, man, I really hope whatever's going on, at some point he realizes that there's a release for that somewhere, you know? Yeah. And the unfortunate part is I don't know if everybody even finds that for themselves. You know, that's just part of the thing, like where I just keep thinking that, like the timing of everything lining up. Cause I'm just like, I'm grateful to be in the position that I'm in and, and to come across people that are still trying to figure out how to, how to release that tension is is a hard thing to witness when when you're like when you're happy with yourself you know and and you you love yourself and i don't mean to get too hippie on you but when you see someone that's like 
talking to themselves like crap and putting them down and you know, it hurts you're like man you you got to talk to treat yourself better but at the same time it's like i stay in my own lane you know it's like i still have my whole life to figure out ahead of me i'm in no position to tell somebody else how to change their attitude or anything so i always stay in my own lane unless it's with my close people but it still never fails to put a little dent in the heart when you see somebody having a bad day you know yeah yeah well, no, that's good that you're empathetic, man. You know what I mean? And like, at, and, and, and in my life, like I've tried to get better with like, cause I've always struggled with anxiety and some OCD tendencies and things like that. But just that negative self-talk, like I do that to myself and I'm self-deprecating and sometimes it's for humor, you know, but mm-hmm. then sometimes sure. it's like, you know, when you talk down to yourself, like that's just, it's like bad energy, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, I'm learning to, to get past that, but, but yeah, yeah. man, I'm, I'm glad that you have that, um, that you've had that creative release and and the friends that you're jamming in the garage with, like um, take me back to that time, like in high school, did, was that when you first, you mentioned, okay, like I, I see these other people singing and jamming, mm-hmm. they're encouraging me. Um, I'm, I'm discovering my voice. Like what was the first live show? Like, were you playing live in high school? Like, did you have any live gigs or how um, long was it from the garage to playing in front of people? No, I think it was from the garage, say, sophomore or like junior or freshman and sophomore years when like, you know, the garage was really the place to be. Um, I was lucky enough to be playing in my in my neighbor's garage and uh, her whole family is is musically inclined. So they just have instruments all throughout the music, all throughout the house, all throughout the garage, speakers, amps, you know, pick an instrument, pick it up and let's play it. And uh, that was just like what their routine was as part of their ritual almost for, for their family. And um, I just gravitated over there all the time. And, and once I, once I started that from the time I actually started performing in front of strangers, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of tough. I think it might've been, might've been 2015 because that was when I graduated high school uh i graduated in 2014 so 2015 was about the year after i started uh we started just going out and busking just going out into our old town front street and and throwing open a case and sitting in a cool location and all hooting and hollering on a weekend and um you know slowly you just start to see more and more people you just start to interact with the people that are interested the people that aren't interested how how people react to your music like by the second you know so you can just update yourself on on what they're thinking you know, the whole time so starting to see that was really when you know and if you if you scream out and and, and sing your heart out like that on a street like a weirdo <laughs> and you're never gonna see these people again <laughs> you know you're going home and you're never gonna see them again so it was just one of those things that like you just learn to let loose every once in a while and have a great time and and that's usually the nights that we'd make the most money when we're all looking at each other, dancing, laughing, and we look down and there's like a crowd of 20, 30 people and you go, holy crap, that's, that's kind of cool. You know, it's it's like such an organic structure of, of interest, you know. And where did you grow up, Keith? Uh, Murrieta, California. Okay. And for people listening, like, I mean, is that uh, relative to, I mean, I'm sure people are going to know like LA, San Diego, San yeah, Fran and stuff. So, but... so the best way I, the best way uh, I describe it to people is it's dead center between San Diego and LA. Okay. It's, it's either, um, you know, 
northern San Diego territory, territory or like southern LA territory. It's not a far little gap there. Yeah. Um, we're right in the Valley of California. So cool, man. So, like musically, I mean, did, were there any uh, shows that you were catching, like as you were getting into music, like any, any inspiring shows that you got a chance to see live of performers that you liked? like? Did, did you ever get a chance to see like Sublime or any of those guys live? Um, unfortunately not. No, unfortunately not. I've, I've been lucky enough to, you know, be gifted tickets to a couple concerts here and there, but not until I got older. Um, and was, you know, feeding for myself when I had the money to go to see live shows. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go see concerts now. I forgot that was a thing because I have money, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but before that, no, it wasn't even in question. It was just like, I'm, I'm cool enough with it right here. It never even really occurred to me to go to concerts when I was a kid um it just wasn't a, a a thought in my head at the time but like i said like i said my best friend's uh family which is my neighbor that i was talking about they invited me out to uh eddie van halen concert i think in 2000 i want to say 2009 2010 somewhere around there and it was just a kid you know but it was I was already in love with playing guitar at the time and I was already witnessing them play music all the time at their house and in their garage. So yeah, to be invited to go see Eddie Van Halen in Las Vegas as a kid, you're just like, okay, this is absolutely a dream. (laughs) Yeah. This is an absolute dream. Um, But yeah, the other, only other performance I've seen as I was a kid was just, you know, really the people that were, you know, in San Diego, I spent a lot of my time in San Diego and at the beach and things like that. And you'd see just a lot of people performing music and uh, same thing in L.A. at the beach. And you come, you come across some that sound like, you know, they're just playing music on the street. And then you come across somebody that blows your mind and you're like, how the heck are you not making millions of dollars? Because yeah. if I had it, I would pay you for that because it's amazing. I would listen to it all day, you know. And so uh, those are the people that I that I really gravitated towards and, and just admired the most because whether they were out there to get a dollar or not, you know, they're 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 out there. <laughs> and uh, it's hard. It, I feel like I could have related with them a little bit more because when I do see a live show or something like that, it's a little bit it was a little bit ahead of my game at the time. You know, I didn't I can I was like more of a dream being on stage than like right now I I am on stage. I can play on stage anytime I want, you know, type of stuff. Yeah. But at the time it was like, man, these guys are just out here playing for strangers walking by. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen, you know? And uh, yeah, I think it was just one of those things that I absolutely stuck and ran with. Well, it takes courage, I, you know, to, to, to play in front of people, whether, you know, like you said, you're on the street jamming and trying to catch people's attention and hope they gravitate to it or, you know, in, in a formal setting where it's like, Hey, this is Keith Allen show. And this is, you know, you're coming to see him. You know what I mean? Like it, it takes guts to get up there and do it, man. So that's, right. I really admire that about musicians because it's like, they're there to see you. And, and in cases, you know, if you're an opening act, like it's even harder. Cause now you got to try to like win people over, you know what I mean? Like that's a whole different set of circumstances, you know, like anytime yeah. I go to shows, like just loving music, I, I would always want to get there early with my buddies. Cause I'm like, dudes, we might see somebody that, you know, we weren't even familiar with that'll mm-hmm. blow us away. And so um, that energy that it takes to do that, I have a lot of respect for people playing, playing in front of people, you know? Yeah. Well, I've, I mean, I, I absolutely love having a good time. And uh, I feel like 
whether you want to see it as you know people coming to witness Keith Allen play music that's that's kind of a one-way perceptive but how I see it's like they want to come have a good time too yeah it's not like you know I'm playing music for you and you're here to listen it's almost like no no no, let's just all let's just all live for a second and just you know just have a good time and before you know it we've played a couple hours of music and let's all go home safely so yeah it's a really cool it's a really cool gift to be able to to approach life that way sometimes for sure man well, in the time we have left, Keith, and thank you so much, dude, for for taking the time to do this. I'm really enjoying talking to you, man. Um, again, once people hear this, uh, floral words will be out to the world. And so, is this your first official EP? Like, is this the first the first uh, like recorded um, compilation of your music that you're putting out to the world? Is is floral words? Yeah, yeah. So publicly, yeah. I mean, I have an absolute bank full of of things I've been recording over the years. But yeah, this is like a small collection of the things that I've gotten together to that I like. And I was like, all right, I think these can go. These can go out f- to f- people who want to listen to or don't want to listen to it. Doesn't necessarily matter, you know. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's very uh, it's very cool with this being my first release. The with with all the different emotions that come with it and experiences and memories you know it's a it's a cool thing just to check off your list and say yeah i i put some music together and i i let everybody else listen to it if they wanted to you know it's a cool little task yeah yeah and the vibe of this one um i can't remember if i had hit record yet or not when we first started talking about it but um the flow of the 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 ep is seven songs and i and um there's there's a lot of instrumental moments, but I guess you could say there's what there's two official instrumentals, right? Autopilot mm-hmm. and uh, Mirror Troubles. Those yeah, are like the correct. two of the seven, right? And and the way that I, I like the flow of this, like we, we we talked about, like you know you've got soul in your voice. There's you've got ukulele in there. There's some reggae in there, but um, you know there was there's a real introspective vibe to uh, to this EP. It's it's definitely got more of a laid back energy um to it which i love you know like i feel like this is something that people can put on like in the car for for a little ride you know what i mean and like yeah and just really get lost in the music and just from what you're talking about like it makes sense because you know you you are somebody that like is really into putting things together so Mm -hmm. as far as the flow of this record or the the inspiration for even uh the meaning behind floral words like can you talk to me and the listeners a little bit about just like the inspiration for you know, this time in your life, like you said, you've got a lot of stuff that you've got in the vaults, you know, that you've recorded and, you know, what was it about these collection of songs and just the meaning behind floral words, man? Well, I mean, as far as the EP comes, the best way that I would, you know, tell people and and, and describe it to people is, is it's very simple. You know, it's, it's a very simple compilation of music that is easy to listen to um it's it's very very much a background type of album you put it on you have a kickback people are having a good time over it you know um and then it's also a nice in your car alone driving type of vibe a little bit and so uh yeah i think the simple the simple collection of of music just kind of displays like the transparency of sometimes where this music comes from because this this whole approach that we took to recording this album was unbelievably raw. It was just like, like, like 
like we had so much equipment but let's like let's not use it for these let's just <laughs> let's just keep it raw as possible and 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 just get it out and just keep it real transparent you know minimal there's just a few songs on there with you know two instruments or one instrument and me or you know a bass line uh me and a guitar you know there's a couple of things on there that are just real simple and i think that's that's the approach i wanted to take with this first uh ep and this first project is just super simple because i mean it's similar just like to basics it's just a almost like a sample of of what my sound is at the most raw form um so when all these future projects start to come out then it's that you see you see where I'm coming from as well as not just like I'm lying to you and saying, you know, um, I've, I'm not necessarily lying to you, but I'm perceiving the fact that like I have all this equipment and I'm making all of this high quality music when I'm really not. And it's just, you know, that type of mentality. So I don't mind, I don't mind starting simple and then working my way up because, you know, the music that I've been creating over the, the, the last, you know, three or four years have really been, becoming uh i would say like deeply rooted into someone that i see uh in myself playing this way for for a long long time and um to be able to to look at this floor words album and compare it to the things that i've been creating the past couple of years is 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 really cool you know and uh yeah floor words it's a cool little title i mean i'm in love with nature i'm kind of an outdoors guy and things like that and i was like you know i think it'd be cool to, to find a, a cool word you know a cool flower because you have you think of these flowers and they always have these cool names and scientific long with x's and p's and eos and all <laughs> of this that you know and you're like man this is so cool i can't pick one so i just said you know what? i'm just gonna do all of them i said floral words like floral words in general I mean, you can you can break it down to the fact of you're taking something that's so simple, which is a flower, and you're giving it this long, scientific, unbelievably complicated term to call it, you know, and it's kind of just like this paradox or something that has been here longer than we have, and it's like I can't even pronounce what you want it to be called. Um, I think it's just a, I think it's just a, a, a coincidence, and uh, like I said, kind of a a paradox for for human beings in general and i kind of took that oh for me personally i kind of took that and applied it to the to the ep as well um you know how the how the structures are laid out all the way from the first track which is autopilot to the last track which is maybe um yeah like you said you i start off with that that real naturey intro and you know, it's not just music from the first second. It's like it's, not, it's something you're gonna have to sit and listen to because that's how nature is sometimes, and that's how my brain works sometimes. I feel like patience is is something that you should be reminded of every once in a while. So to to listen to a song and not hear music right away, I think it can be kind of healthy. So that's why I went with the whole music or uh, nature intro, um, and then all the way back to the last track, which is uh, maybe it ends with you know you know all this commotion inside of what seems like a bar or a coffee shop and now you're back now you're back into reality you know you're back into the city with all the people and all this thing so it takes you from this journey from absolute nothingness of of 
nature or wherever you may be, which is in your happy place. And then it takes you to this slow journey all the way back to reality where like you look around and you go, all right, I'm just, I'm just here. I forget this sometimes, you know? Yeah. It, it ends, uh, you know, kind of like definitely like gets really introspective at the end. And I appreciate you, you know, walking me and the listeners through it, man. And, um, you know, and, and one thing I want to point out, dude, like, uh, you know, I, you know, about the, the, the recording of it is, uh, and for people who don't know, is you recorded it with, uh, Dylan Baumgartner of, uh, mm-hmm. real verse and, uh, Dylan's been on the podcast and, uh, is a very creative cat as well. But I, I actually think the, the recording of it sounded great, man. So, I mean, it, even though, like you said, it's, yeah. it's got kind of a laid back vibe and a simple vibe, like Dylan and, and you, uh, did a great job with this dude. Yeah, I mean, I, man, I can't, I can't talk this guy up enough. I mean, the time and dedication that both him and I have put into what I'm just now done explaining as the most simple project ever. It sounds funny, but we spent so much time on it um, because it, it is true. We wanted to, we wanted to find that balance of keeping it raw and and giving it something nice to listen to, and and uh, the time that Dylan's put into it is ridiculous. I mean, I'm talking, you know two or three calls a week that are three or four hours long type of stuff because as of right this time as we speak i'm living in utah working out there so i record in california and you know just fly back and forth i'm flying back and forth about every month now and uh, just to get things done and music and friends and family and go back to utah and work and things but um yeah it was getting to the point where you know, he would fly out to Utah and bring his recording equipment out there. And we'd set up in my garage out there for three or four days straight. And it just, yeah, I couldn't thank the guy enough. And uh, I've, I've thanked him a thousand times, but I still, in my head, I feel like he he doesn't understand what he's done for me. You know, it's (laughs) the fact that like you've taken what I hear in my head and made it as damn near close as possible to what I'm hearing now in my ears. It's like, that's a crazy thing to be able to do. And the fact that we've spent the time in understanding how to communicate that to each other shows a lot of respect for each other as well, because that takes a lot of time and, 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 you know, pride aside type of mentality to sit there and think about something and listen to somebody's perspective and go over it again and, you know, re-download it and then send it to me so I can listen to it and just over and over and over again, probably a thousand times. So it's uh it's amazing. He's he's an absolute doll of a human. He's he's the coolest dude ever and uh one of my best friends for sure. Um amazingly talented, ridiculously busy in the creative art field at all times. I mean he just doesn't stop. He's one of those people that that I I don't understand because like, <laughs> you understand you have to take a breath, right? But he's not down for it. He just continues to go and go and go and I admire it. So, and uh, yeah, he's, he's a really good dude. And, and I'm really proud of, of, of where we've come the past, you know, year and a half, two years of, of starting to record this, you know, because we did start to record it right really at the beginning of the pandemic. So that put a damper in the time frame of when we could see each other and record and, and meet up and all that stuff. So through all of that, it's just been a, it's just been an overall really great experience with working with them. Uh, super professional, he's super um, understanding, uh, calm, 
one approaching, you know, something that may be a little bit daunting at first. Uh, yeah, just an overall good dude for sure. Yeah, both both of y'all's energy from talking to you on this one and talking to him on the podcast that he and I did together, like you guys both have like that calming, like working through energy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. definitely feel like I'm more of an anxious type of cat. So I, you know, I got to imagine like having, being able to bounce ideas off each other. Uh, and I know Dylan's yeah. in the background, by the way, Dylan, I'm so, I don't know why I got so tongue tied on saying Baumgartner. I got to get more sleep, I guess, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, you're right though. He's got his, he's got his hands in a lot with real verse, man. And, yeah. um, that was one thing I wanted to ask you, how long have you guys known each other? Cause I, I also, I'll put up the links for it, but I want people to check out, uh, his short film, me and you, where you played, uh, the character sauce in that yeah. and did a great job, by the way. Thank um, you. I feel like you knew that guy, you don't have to tell me who it was based on. Well, I don't want to out anybody, but I feel like you, you did a great Thank job you. with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thank but, Thank uh, you. but yeah, how long have you guys known each other, man? Oh man. It's, it's kind of hard to remember. It had no, it hasn't been too, too long, you know, not like over half of our lives, but I'd say seven to nine years, somewhere around there. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been long enough to know that, 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 you know, the guy's a good guy and, and, uh, the way that him and I just connect as, as friends is something to be, something to be ever pushed in a, in a growing, uh, manner, because that's just the type of friendships we are. It's like, man, we're, we're too busy, not, we're too busy to talk about really anything else, but improving you know it's like it's like we don't have time to sit here and talk about necessarily baseball or uh you know poker things like that it's like yeah it's when we get together it's it's just constantly about where we're going where we're going where we're going and it's constantly like a checkup because it's not necessarily we're doing anything together but it's awesome to see you know where he's going where i'm going where we can help each other go and that goes with all of my friends too i mean i've got I don't have a lot of friends, but I got like six of them that, that, you know, we can take over if we wanted to, I felt like, and, and I feel like that's, that's where it comes from is, is this small group of people that have been there for so long that each one of them know their traits that contribute to the group and who you can ask for help in certain places, because we're all not afraid of, of letting each other know who we are and what we suck at you know it's like because if you guys don't know what i'm sucking at it's like i need one of you guys to help me because you're you know odds are one of you guys are better than me at it so um yeah with me and all the homies man we're real transparent with each other we try to keep it as real as possible no no sugarcoating just 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 letting letting life take its course and being being thankful for when we get to see each other and uh yeah i mean that's that's definitely like yeah, it's definitely something that I couldn't be more thankful for the people that I've just gravitated around me and to be around too. So that's, that's, I mean, who else would I be without the people that I've been around my whole life? You know, it's a weird question to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys have like a great creative group, man. And I mean that genuinely. And I told Dylan when he was on the podcast too, like when I watched, you know, me and you and it like, um, it just, it, the, everybody did so well in that. And like, it was just such a, a cool outlet and talking to him about his inspiration that led to making that film. Like, um, I think it's cool that you guys have found kind of the tie back into what we talked about a little bit earlier, just 
you know, finding that, uh, that outlet for your energy, wherever it comes from, you know, what, you know, whether it's music or film, like just having a place to put the things that go on in our heads and go on in our lives and, and having a way to kind of release that energy in a positive way is cool. And, um, it's just, it's been cool to, to, to see these different creative outlets from, from him and from real verse. And now for him to work on this with you, uh, and to hear about your friendship, like that's, that's awesome to hear that you have like a tight circle, you know, because I think, yeah. I think that's the key, you know, I'd rather be really good friends with a few than acquaintances with many. Like I've always kind of yeah. lived my life like that. Like if I've got five or six ride or dies, like you said, then I'm doing pretty good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, and, uh, you know, the, some of them fall out and some of them come back, but the, the end, the, the end of the day is like, I don't necessarily have all the time in the world. And, and for me to, for me to sit here and ponder who my friend is or who isn't my friend is just to me, doesn't make sense because it should be pretty obvious who your best friends are. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. That's something that, that we don't necessarily talk about too often, but we all, we all know that we all recognize it at some point at, you know, in ourselves we're like, ah, oh, we got, we got a good group, man. We got a good group. It's tight. So uh, yeah, it's very, very, very healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just uh, before we wrap it up, man, thanks again, Keith, so much for taking the time, dude. I really appreciate it, especially finding out that you're bouncing back and forth between Utah and Cali, man. Um, yeah. But uh, you guys did the the live session at uh, Discreet Sound Studios. And uh, I think uh, Dylan and Realverse, they, they shot and edited that too, right? Like um, how cool was it just to just to do that as part of, part of this EP, man, you know? Yeah, that, that was such a cool experience because – I mean, first of all, shout out Discreet Sound Studios out here in Temecula, California, because I mean, their their whole studio is unbelievable. Two stories. I mean, room after room after room. I mean, it's beautiful. And so uh, the fact that that you know they were cool with me going in there and shooting a, shooting a live session is is super super cool of them to do. And and uh, I can't thank them enough. And same with Dylan and Realverse. Those guys, you know, they know what they're doing behind cameras and and I've seen their work for years before and I know what they are capable of. And for them to not only, you know, for discreet to set up all the, you know, band and equipment and audio and all this, and then have, you know, real verse there setting up for visuals and recording and lighting and all of this and that and that thing and B roll shots and all of this. And then while trying to record a live session, it can be a lot in one, you know, one day, you know, it sounds like, sounds like it's not very much. You just played two songs, you know, but the amount of time that it takes for the two songs is, is a lot of energy and uh, a lot of, to be honest, sitting around on my part, because I don't necessarily know how to do any of that stuff. Yeah. So um, I'm just like waiting for sound check majority of the time. And yeah, it, it was such a cool experience to do that. And uh, the end result came out amazing. We played, two songs off of uh the floral words ep we played yard man and uh, we played high hopes and uh for the live i decided to change it up a little bit from the album the the or the ep i'm sorry um the live version i decided to with yard man throw in some female backup singers you know with me yeah and that's something different that you that you're not going to get on the ep because uh, it's just me on the ep and uh, same thing with High Hopes. I decided to to throw percussion in there and then some female background 
uh, singers in there as well, which absolutely killed it. They're they're all the like super cool people. We became best friends and all this stuff. But yeah, they're the best. Um, yeah, for that all to come through and happen in one day and and actually say like, man, yeah, I'm I'm cool with this going out. That's a big accomplishment, and I couldn't think everybody that was a part of it enough. And same thing with you, like for you to take the time out of your day and do this with me is super cool. I couldn't appreciate it enough. And uh, I think what you're doing just in in general as a as a podcast host is 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 a really cool goal i mean with with these artists and the location that you're at and willing to to take the time to you know worry about the time zones and and zoom calls and this that and other thing it's a really really cool thing that you're doing and i'm behind it for sure um yeah it's, it's a it's a blessing to be here for sure well, I appreciate the kind words, Keith. I really enjoyed talking to you, man. And, and uh, I really dig floral words, dude. And again, I'm not just saying that. And, uh, um, you know, I, I don't critique music because I don't uh, I don't say nothing negative about nothing I can't do myself, man. But mm-hmm. but just as a straight up dude, there's an authenticity to what you're doing uh, that I can, you know, when I, I love music. So even though I'm not a, a player, like I can hear something when it sounds real and I can tell like, the words that you're saying, um, the way that you're playing, like it's, there's a lot of feel in it. Like I can tell you've been doing it for a while and there's an authenticity to it, man. So it's cool to, to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better and just hear about, uh, the time that you and Dylan have put into this and also the time that you've put into your craft. And, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the music that you're making right now, um, it's, it's like, you know, where you are and you know what you're setting out to do. And I think it's cool that, uh, you know, with your first official EP to the world, you already have a sensibility about the kind of music that you're making, man. So I can't thank you enough. I appreciate the kind words, my guy. Um, but thank you for your time, man. It's been a pleasure talking with you and I'm excited for everybody, uh, to get to hear it, you know, cause I've gotten to hear it. Um, but I'm excited for everybody else to hear it too, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I mean, like I said, keep doing what you're doing because I'm behind it for sure. Um, I mean, this is uh, this is only the first project of so many to come, so I'm I'm guessing this probably won't be the last time we talk. So it definitely um, won't, man. You're welcome yeah. back anytime, and um, I'll put up the links for people to check it out in the podcast description when this comes out. But um, for people who aren't familiar, man, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my uh, my floor words EPs are gonna be coming out i mean as we're recording this tomorrow but as when it's released it'll be out um on all streaming platforms i mean spotify apple music itunes music all that um and uh, on instagram yeah follow me on instagram at keith allen underscore music uh facebook keith allen all of that um i keep it you know i keep my real name for the purpose because it's just (laughs) it's just who i am so yeah thank you for your time and it's uh it's really cool thing that we're doing sweet man Well, blessings to you, brother. Thank you so much. I know people are going to dig it, man. So keep doing your thing. Appreciate you, bro. Much love to you. All right. See you, Keith. Later. Righty-dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Keith Allen. Make sure you go follow him on Instagram at Keith Allen underscore music. His debut EP, Floral Words, is out now, available where you get your music. The links will be in the podcast description for this episode. Keith, I want to just say thank you again so much, man, 
for taking an hour of your time to speak with me on this podcast about your music, about your journey, all the way up to recording floral words with it was great to get to know you better man and i'm sure our listeners dug it too and i i really dig the ep man from front to back it's a great listen and as you guys heard keith say man this is a great record that you can put on at a party it's got a cool laid-back vibe to it i love the nature elements in it i love the reflective nature of it i love the way it flows he and dylan really did a great job on the production of this and it's something that you can put in on a drive if you're somebody who can listen to music while you work it's something that you can put on while you're while you're getting stuff done like it's just a really great listen front to back the artwork is really cool so i'm just super stoked for you man and i can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the podcast and you know what's really cool for me you guys is you know, to tie it back into the beginning, and I won't rant too much here in the close because I, I talked a lot in the beginning, but to tie it back to, to me being at the level that I'm at in this building stage and being featured in the Nashville Voyager and their whole thing, which is we want to feature people who maybe are, are on the come up or people who who don't have these huge followings yet, but we want to make you aware of what they're doing, you know, what what they're doing creatively, what they're doing in the community. That's what's so awesome about the level that I am, uh, that I'm at right now with this podcast is having independent artists who want to come on the show. You know, um, it really bums me out when it comes to whether it's music or independent filmmakers, you know, or artists where it's like, there's there's certain people where they have to hear it on the radio for it to be legitimate to them or they have to see it on a major television station or a major radio station in order for it to have any sort of validity you know what i mean um and, and that always bums me out because there are so many awesome independent creatives out there like keith like dylan and the entire real verse productions family which includes keith and so I feel really fortunate to be able to to have these guys on my show, man, because, you know, I know what that's like to be in a position where you want to try to get more eyeballs and more ears on what you're doing, not because you're trying to feed your ego or because you want to be like this big famous superstar. Fame is like the last thing on my mind, honestly. That's why I'm laughing as I say it, because it's like that's literally the last thing that I think about when I do these things. But it really is... It's more than just getting content for my show when I have independent artists on. It's it's knowing what it's like to be in their shoes where you want to try to get more eyeballs and ears on what you're doing. And the gratitude that I receive from independent creatives who come on the show is, is amazing. And um, the attention that it gets because they're so grateful for, for the opportunity that somebody is sharing their story it get they they genuinely generally do really well in terms of, of downloads and so it's just it's really cool to kind of come full circle like I was talking in the beginning of when I look at where I was a year ago where I look at where I am now the fact that Nashville Voyager featured me you know and they're like I said their whole thing is trying to give a boost to to independent creatives on the come up and that in a similar vein, that's what my show is trying to do. Like it's a mutual respect and mutual love thing. And I'm just so grateful that whether it's Nashville Voyager or Keith Allen or Dylan Baumgartner and the Real Verse family or any of the other independent artists that I've had on the, this show, like I just want to say I love you all. It's nothing but love on my end because it's just it's a mutually beneficial thing. And um, I hope that you all out there are like me, that you love music 
or any creative platform enough that you're somebody who is interested in listening to new music. And so that's what's really cool about the position that I'm in. And even if this podcast gets to a level one day where I get some exclusivity deal from a major platform for my show, I promise you, and you can save this, the 445 mark of this close on this episode with Keith Allen, I will always, always feature independent artists, independent musicians, independent creatives, because those folks are just as important as anybody that has a billion streams on Spotify and sells out arenas around the country. At some point, somewhere, Prince was in a bar in Minneapolis playing for 100 people who were amazed at his energy and the energy of his band, and the masses didn't know who he was. At some point, Post Malone was living in his buddy's closet out in California, you know, playing Guitar Hero, and I just watched him on SNL last night. You know what I'm saying? So keep that in mind, you know. If you're somebody who's like, ah, you know, I'm not really aware, just remember that. Just remember it. Everybody starts somewhere. Nobody is more or less important than anybody else. And I just feel very fortunate and grateful that I have the opportunity to connect with so many awesome people for this podcast and share their stories. And I hope that it inspires all of you to continue to chase your dreams and persevere and overcome what a difference a year makes when I look at May 15th, 2021 versus May 15th, 2022 as I'm recording the intro and close to this. Uh, it's just amazing how God and the universe work or whatever you believe in. You know, I don't want to get pushy with faith and things like that because those are personal things with people. But just I think there's a natural order to things, you guys. And I think that uh, when you're good to people and you come from a genuine place and you have a big heart and you care and you're open and you tune your antenna to what – the universe is trying to tell you beautiful things happen, man. So I am just in a state of extreme gratitude for everything that's happening with this podcast and for everybody who's listening. And big thanks again to Keith and to Dylan. Uh, it was so humbling to be fe- featured in the latest edition of the Realverse magazine that Dylan puts together, you know, for him to put March 4th as an ad in there. Like, it's just, I feel so blessed, man, to have connected with so many cool people since I've been doing this show and it's just reaffirming that like this path that I'm on is is one that I'm supposed to be on so thank you all I love you all just to put a button on everything once again go check out floral words from Keith Allen Keith Allen underscore music on Instagram check out Realverse Productions the short film me and you that Keith is in is on YouTube that Dylan did. That's his baby, his short film. I will put the links to that in the podcast description as well. And if you dug this episode, please take the time to tell a friend to tell a friend, like, subscribe. And if you take the time to leave a rating and a review, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, those are the two platforms I know for sure that give you the option to do that. It helps these shows rank higher and get out in front of more people. And that's ultimately what we want, man, because I want more people to hear floral words. I want more people to know about what Keith's doing, what Dylan's doing, and what all the independent creatives out there, um, you know, and the people that I've had on this podcast are doing, man, that you might not be aware of. So definitely do your part to spread the word. I hate begging for likes and, and subs, man, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I want this thing to grow and create positive ripple effects and inspire people, you know, so... I appreciate y'all, man. And again, you can listen to it on all the major platforms, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Amazon. If you have an Alexa, you can tell Alexa to play the podcast and she will. It's crazy. We're living in the matrix. But all of those links are in the link tree in the podcast description as well. So 
and uh, as well as the link to the the story in Nashville Voyager. And thank you again to Stephanie at Nashville Voyager. I love you all, man. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. We're just getting started over here, and I couldn't do any of this without everybody who supports me, who encourages me, who takes the time to come on the show like Keith did and like Dylan has done. Uh, I'm just really grateful, man. So I'm going to put a button on this by saying keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Keith Allen, here is High Hopes off his debut EP, Floral Words. Peace. Make sure there's still room for me. Make sure there's still room for me.